Hey, hey, friends, it's Misha Chakrabarty, and you're listening to Mishaps, the podcast where I talk about all the times in life where things didn't go the way that you had planned, the way you were expecting, the way you wanted it, and it seemed really crappy at the time, but eventually you came around and appreciated it, and maybe you learned something and you came to a place of acceptance or even gratitude. Who knows? Who knows? Today, I will be talking about a few of the times in life where I have felt like a deer in the headlights, where I was put on the spot, I felt extremely uncomfortable, and I was roped into a situation that I didn't agree to, and I tried to embrace that and think about, well, maybe not in the moment, but I tried to embrace it and and deal with it in a graceful way, and then maybe even maybe even enjoy it and maybe maybe learn something about it. I'm sure everyone listening has had a situation in life because like that, because how many times does life just like let you go about living without having anything disrupt your <laughs> disrupt your plans? <laughs> Uh, so we've probably all, I'm, I'm sure we've all had a situation where we've been put on the spot, made to feel uncomfortable, and so much of life is just how we react to that. And this is what this episode is all about. So saddle up for many opportunities. slang-speaking porteño drag queens, and porteño means someone from Buenos Aires, from the city of Buenos Aires specifically. So, oh, and this is not just about that, but also just times in general when I felt like a deer in the headlights. And I don't know if the expression deer in the headlights is like too much American English, so that I don't know if it translates widely, but basically, it is the idea of when you are thrust into a situation and you have no clue what you're doing and all of a sudden you feel like everyone is looking at you and you just are completely out of your comfort zone. Kind of like a fish out of the water, which again, another expression that might not translate. Um, but it's when you're out of your element and there's that like sense of added pressure put on you. So now I live in Buenos Aires, uh, hence why I'm talking about drag queens in this city in particular. And one time I went to see a drag show and I was just innocently sitting in the audience just enjoying the show uh, and I, I had no intention of getting involved, <laughs> but I, I actually had performed in a stand-up show before. It was. Um, it was at a venue where they have various acts the whole night and when one act finishes there's like an intermediary period where some of the people speak backstage and I got to talking to the drag queens because you know, as I mentioned before I'm gay I don't know if you can tell but it's true the rumors are true 
So I was chatting with them backstage and because I watch RuPaul's Drag Race, that was a topic of conversation. They got to know me and they realized because I have an accent when I speak in Spanish, eventually it came up, where are you from? They realized that I was not from there. So I was sitting in the audience and there was kind of a question and answer section or a time when they invite people from the audience on stage. And I, because Spanish is not my first language, it's actually my third language and I didn't learn it in school, I don't always feel as confident in my Spanish as I would like to, and especially in a show like this, in, in drag culture in the US, anywhere really, but if, if you watch RuPaul's Drag Race or if you've seen Paris is Burning, there's a lot of very specific slang that, that's only used within the community and now that, that drag has become more popular worldwide, people know this slang. Um, and similarly, there's a lot of slang in Spanish related to that, so I really did not want to participate because I don't, I don't know uh, Buenos Aires drag slang at all. Um, so I had no intention of, of doing anything. I was just there to watch the show and enjoy. Um, but life doesn't always just let you sit comfortably in a situation, just watch it and enjoy. Sometimes it just pulls, just pulls you in. <laughs> you're, not, you're not expecting it, you're not waiting for it, and, but life is just like, this is happening. This situation has arisen, <laughs> go with it. So then well, the drag queen was like, um, where, is, where is that foreigner? Where is that American somewhere in the audience? Um, I don't remember his name, something like Mim. Mi. And I was like, oh Lord, I guess like I, there was, I think I was the only foreigner there that day. So there was no hiding it. And I was there with some other people who knew me. So then like if I didn't like just go up and volunteer, they're all going to just like point at me and I was going to have to come up. So I said, you know what, this situation is happening whether I like it or not, so I might as well embrace it and go with it. You know, that's how life is a lot of the times. Like, you can't really control a situation, you can only really control your reaction to a situation. And I've found that in those moments, it's far better to to embrace the situation and go with it than to fight it. It's kind of like quicksand. The more you fight it, the more you're just going to get dug deeper and deeper into that hole and then you're like up to your neck and then you just, you're just like stuck and you're just dry. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not helpful. <laughs> so I found that it's, it's never helpful to fight the situation. It's better to just embrace it, be present with it and just, just put yourself there and see what happens. So I, I, I decided I embrace the, action, the, the situation as if I have volunteered myself, as if I chose to get up on stage. So I'm like, oh, that, that's me. Hi, I'm, I'm that foreigner. So I, I walk up on stage and then she starts asking me all these questions. She's speaking really, really quickly, using a lot of slang. And um, I, I have no clue what's going on. I don't know if any of you have had this experience where you're in a context where you're speaking your second, third, or some language that's not your native language, and you're not as comfortable in it, and after a certain point, you kind of just stop trying to understand, and you just embrace that you don't know anything, and you're just like, the words wash over you. <laughs> and you get to the point where you're really just hearing sounds come at you, and you just start just like smiling and nodding and say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then eventually you realize you've agreed to do something that you have like no intention of doing, like buying your entire office, like, um, I don't know, facturas or like, um, 
or like pastries, you, you just realize that later that you have volunteered to buy your entire office pastries. It's quite expensive and you're getting paid in, in a currency that's rapidly inflating. <laughs> yeah, so I'm on stage. I don't really understand anything that's being said to me. They're all really just sounds. But, but I realize at some point that I've been asked a question because it gets like very silent all around me. <laughs> And then I realize I need to say something. <laughs> so in that situation, I, I say something and it was not, it was not the answer to the question that was being asked. I forget what it was, but she was asking something like very like sexual, very daring. And I didn't get that that's what was being asked because it was like a very creative innuendo. <laughs> I don't have the ear for creative innuendos in Spanish yet. So <laughs> I answered something that was completely not the answer. And then everyone was laughing at me in the audience. And you know what? I just realized, well, I might as well. Like <laughs> in this situation, the only thing I can do is just like laugh at myself and just embrace being that like foreigner who has no clue what they're doing. And she asked me a, a number of other questions in her same like really fast, really slangy, really like creative, sexual, innuendo-y Spanish, and I just never knew what she was saying. And I was answering like very like, just, I was answering on another like non-sexual level. It was not working. <laughs> and, but you know, it made for a good show. It made for a very good show because like the people in the audience thought it was hilarious because there are these two levels going on at the same time. And, um, Clearly, I had no clue. It was, it was actually quite good comedy. I just wasn't quite in on it. But in a way, I allowed myself to sort of be in on it because I kind of just went with the situation, embraced it. I, I responded to the best of my ability and everyone saw I could. I mean, the thing is, maybe they were laughing at me and maybe they, maybe I had no clue what was going on, but it wasn't really... I mean, it was a little bit uncomfortable because I, I just was completely lost. But then on another hand, I realized, oh, this person isn't really making fun of me and the people in the audience don't really have any animosity towards me. They're just laughing at, at the humor of the situation. So it's not like I needed to take this in, in like a malicious way. It's not like it was like there was any weight or intensity. It was just like, oh. There's this, there's this person speaking really quickly and there's this losing lots of slang and this foreigner has no clue what's going on. Ha ha ha, that's funny. But they're not like, oh my God, that foreigner is so stupid. This foreigner should definitely have known better. Like, why is this foreigner so incompetent? I mean, in some cultures, it might be the case that like people do view foreigners that way. I think actually in the US, like we can be very unforgiving and we expect people to always be on top of things, but, and to always just know everything. But Luckily, in this particular, um, this particular venue, <laughs> during that particular drag show, that was not the case. And I think also if you kind of just take that attitude upon yourself to not allow yourself to feel like lesser when you don't know things, then it stops to really affect you in the same way. If you're just like, oh, even if the, the people in the audience thought, oh wow, such a stupid foreigner, like how does he not know all these words? I can just know, you know, like I don't know these words because I didn't grow up with this vocabulary all around me. And I learned this language after college. So of course I'm not going to speak it well. So why would I feel like 
bad for not knowing this. It's, it makes sense that the situation is the way it is. So really in the end, I kind of just learned to embrace being a deer in the headlights or just someone out of their element with a lot of people looking at me and laughing at me and having the spotlight placed on me involuntarily. And I decided, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to choose the situation, go like be there, be present and just pretend that I wanted it all along. So that's one situation in which I was completely, I, I keep using that thing. I'm, I'm, I don't want to confuse people, but I'm going to say it because I started this video saying a deer in the headlights, so I'm just going to use that word. That's one situation in which I was a deer in the headlights and at first I was a little bit uncomfortable and then I became more and more comfortable in the discomfort. There's another actually very similar situation, also in Argentina, also at a show, also not planning to participate. I got involved in stand-up actually after coming to Buenos Aires because I mentioned being in the US and having kind of very rigid structure imposed upon me by like a lot of other people and feeling like I needed to meet everyone's expectations about what I, I should do. Um, and what was respected and what was serious and responsible. Um, and then I came here and I started to realize how arbitrary all of those were and I started to let it go. So in that moment, um, moving here and letting the, those expectations go, I finally realized, oh, I like comedy. I want to, want to try stand-up and see how that goes. So right after I moved here almost two years ago, my Spanish was even worse than it is now, if you can imagine that. <laughs> well, maybe you guys don't know what my Spanish is like because I'm speaking English, but it was worse than it is now. <laughs> Take my word for it. So two years ago, I went to a stand-up show. There was a, a free stand-up show for, for people who were trying new material. So I went there um, and I sat in the audience because I just, I just wanted to watch the show. I wasn't ready to be one of those people who tried out the material because I'd never done stand-up before and also I wasn't as confident in my Spanish. So I was sitting in the audience and um, they, they actually put me in the front row because they had limited seats and I came alone because I didn't know very many people in Buenos Aires. I kind of just moved there on a whim. I knew I think, I think two people pretty well and a few other people like not as well but I, I had a few other acquaintances or friends. Um, so I didn't know very many people and I just decided to go there on a whim so they sat me up front and center all alone no friends no acquaintances no nothing just like me clueless foreigner in the front and I'm not sure if any of you have ever performed at a stand-up show but often it's the case that it, when you're on stage the lights are like blaring at you and you often can't see the audience very well and as a performer, a big part of it is your rapport with the audience and how you interact with them. Uh, different, like a, one big difference between stand-up and theater is you, you break the fourth wall and you actually interact with the audience instead of just be on a stage and have this illusion that this thing is happening almost elsewhere. So as a performer, your interaction with the audience is very important and you have these blaring lights at you, so you can't really see most people. You definitely can't see people in the back. So the people in the, in the front row are often the people, the only people you are able to interact with. And I was front and center. 
So, <laughs> are you guys getting where this is going? <laughs> do, you, do you see? Are you, can you imagine what's about to happen? So the performer, the comedian that night, um, started going on doing his, his set. And then there was a part where he, he was talking to everyone in the audience and said, hi, what's your name? And then, um, well, what, what, he did this with everyone in the front row. And then he got to me and he said, hi, what's your name? And he said, hi, I'm Misha. And I don't know if any of you have been to Argentina and know kind of what names are popular here. In the US, Misha isn't a common name, but there are like enough people from all over the world so that there are enough people of Slavic descent so that Misha is not so uncommon and people know how to pronounce Misha. In Argentina, there really aren't that many, well, I mean, there are some, but there aren't as many Slavic people. So the name Misha is not very common and people, associate it with other names so people might think that my name is Michelle that's the most common because like I'm brown and Michelle is uh, can be a Portuguese name people normally think that I'm Brazilian Michelle when in reality I'm American Michelle <laughs> so then they they like went ahead and asked like Michelle and I was like oh, close enough it's fine and I was just like, Let, let's just let this show continue. It's okay. I don't mind if you know exactly what my name is or not. But, but this, this comedian was really insistent. He wanted to make sure that he got my name right. <laughs> so he's like, no, 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 I wanna know what your name is. What, what is your name? Your name is not Michelle, what's your name? And I said, Misha. And then he's like, Michard? And they put like an R at the end of it. And I was like, no, close, close enough, it's, it's fine, it's fine. But he kept going. And the more and more we interacted, the more obvious it became that I was really foreign. You know, like the fewer words you say, like the, the less clear it is that you're not from somewhere, or you're completely lost. So then he was talking really quickly while he was trying to ask where I was from and I was just like, my name's Misha. And then he never quite got there in the end, <laughs> but he just realized that I was completely lost and after like a few minutes he was like, okay, we're gonna call you Mishad. <laughs> That's your name for the evening. Mishad, the clueless foreigner from somewhere. <laughs> Uh, always <laughs> that's generally what happens here so then he asks a bunch of other questions like what are you doing that night and I, for, I forget what I said <laughs> um, so then the show keeps going on and and then I become like the the butt of like all his jokes he would be like saying something he'd be like Mishad has no clue what I just said right now <laughs> everyone in the audience like laugh now and yeah but um, in that situation, again, I was like, I was a little bit less comfortable at that point because it was a couple years back and um, I hadn't performed as much. And I think when you perform, you get, when actually when you are on stage and stand up and no one's laughing at your jokes, you also get used to, to being in the spotlight and being in a somewhat uncomfortable situation. So I hadn't had as much experience with that at that point. So I was like a little bit nervous. Uh, but then he was, uh, he was actually asking everyone, so it's like, what are you gonna do like later this night after the show? Um, and then everyone was, um, 
was saying like what they were going to do and then finally I was just like well I'm gay I'm for it I'm just going to like make a joke and see how it goes and then he's like Michelle what are you gonna do later later tonight and he points the mic at me and I was like well of course I'm going to leave with you I forget what his name was and then like everyone in the audience like loved it they ate it up they laughed and um and he was actually completely taken aback. He did not see that coming. So even though I was completely clueless, completely uncomfortable, I was the butt of all these jokes. I said, you know what? I'm in this situation anyway, whether I like it to or not. I might as well like have a little fun and see what happens. Like people already know that I'm a clueless foreigner. They already know that I have an accent, that I don't know words. I might as well just try to throw in a joke and make some fun of myself and the situation and, and see what happens. And I'm really happy that I went with the situation, went with the flow, embraced it, and then just tried something because really like, they weren't going to think I was any stupider than they already thought that I was. It's pretty hard to do. Um, so I made this joke and what do you know, people actually ate it up. They loved it. And then at the end of the show, like, <laughs> they like, they, when the, they announced the comedian at the end, he's like, so-and-so, the boyfriend of Mishad, because that's how you say Misha's boyfriend in Spanish. So they all embraced it and ate it up. So. Another situation in which I was uncomfortable, I was clueless, everyone was looking at me. I didn't choose the situation, but I was like, I'm here. This is happening, whether I like it or not. It's only going to get worse if I fight the situation. I might as well just go with it. And I went with it and it actually ended well because I went with it and I turned it into something funny and people loved it. Well, those were just a couple of the times in my life where I felt like a total deer in the headlights. Maybe some of you can relate. I think we all can relate. <laughs> I don't think anyone has gotten through any number of years in life without having felt like they were put on the spot and made to feel uncomfortable and that they needed to adapt to the situation in some way. If you enjoyed this, if you laughed, if you learned, if you related, if you felt connected, I would love it if you would go ahead and subscribe, like, follow, whatever, whatever things people are doing for podcasts. And if you also are interested, I have a YouTube channel, um, Misha Chakrabarty, if you, sir, if you can figure out how to spell my name. <laughs> and um, also check me out on Instagram and Facebook at Misha Chakra. Well, I'll be coming at you with many, many more mishaps because you know that I'm clumsy and life is unpredictable. So stay tuned for many more of my mishaps and go out and make your own mishapportunities. See you on the other side. Bye.